0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy everybody and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here talking all things Texas A&M and let's just discuss the possibility of looking for a new defensive coordinator. No, not because I actually believe Mike Elko is doing bad at his job, but it's because he's doing so well at his job. There is a chance he could be offered a position somewhere else in the, in the college football realm, and there is an opening in the SEC that could make things interesting. As always, before we begin the show, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this sound a more quality sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, we are on five days a week. Give me a follow and I will add it into the repertoire. And secondly, at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen every single day at lockedonpodcast.com. So, There was breaking news over the weekend on Sunday that came out talking about good old Will Muschamp. Now, for those of you who don't know, Will Muschamp was fired or stepped down or whatever. He was fired. I'm not going to go into a lot of details. He was fired from South Carolina after a horrendous start to the year. They had a chance to beat Ole Miss. They did not. Just a really bad look for them right now and there's an opening in South Carolina in Columbia. And the question is who's going to fill that role? Now, naturally, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to discuss it a little bit more on who I would put there and who I think is gonna go there. But Mike Elko is a name that I definitely think a lot of people want to look at. Once again, the Aggies defense is actually having a pretty solid year overall. They ranked 28th in total defense In yards per play, if I'm not mistaken, they allow only. um, They're ranked 28th, averaging 5.56 yards per play. And they've done a really good job replacing the veteran talent. I mean, Justin Matabike went to the NFL. Everyone knows that. But on top of that, you also lost a guy like Anthony Hines, who has been a starter in your program for the last year. And you found a way to make Aaron Hansford very effective. I also really like that talent that. Really was kind of role players last year became superstars this year. Guys like Michael Clemens really stepping up. Guys like Bobby Brown coming in. Guys like Jaden Peavy making plays. Demarvin Leal going from being you know a situational guy into a legitimate top tier defensive lineman. I like that you see Miles Jones playing better in the secondary. You have a young cornerback and Jalen Jones really stepping up. You have talent all over the place in the safety position with Damani Richardson and Leon O'Neill Jr. and even Keldrick Carper, who is a special teams captain, but has been making plays in Richardson's absence. What this shows is that my defense continues to be a stalwart even when my offense struggles. Don't get me wrong. They've allowed far too many touchdowns on big time plays. That's how they're weak. When they're in the red zone... If the run game gets one touchdown, they're good. But 9 out of 10, they've actually done a pretty good job containing the run inside the 20. They've done a very good job containing the pass on short-yarded situations. It's those big-time plays that allow them to extend downfield. Elko's also done a very good job recruiting, and he's well-versed in the country. I mean, he came from Notre Dame to College Station. He's also done a good job flipping targets like McKinley Jackson last second to come to the program. So I look at what Elko brings, and he's an under-the-radar name, I think, for the Will Muschamp position in South Carolina. I really think that there is an opportunity for him to go get a big-time play at some college. Now, would I think that maybe he'd be more situated for a school like Charlotte? Or a school like Middle Tennessee. Or a school like Tulsa. Yes, I do. But, you never know with defense coordinators. Sometimes, what the best case of action is, is you go get a defensive mind, you bring him into the program, and you let him just kind of organize everything. That's something that's a little different than offense coordinators. And that's what you've noticed with Jimbo Fisher. They don't have an offense coordinator at College Station, at Texas A&M. They just don't. Because Jimbo Fisher calls the plays. Because of when an offensive mind takes over as a head coach, they want things to go their way. It's always their way. It's what they think is right. It's what they believe is the actual face of action. Defense coordinators are a little bit easier to work with. They allow their offense to run the way they want it done. They have an input on the defense, but they allow their defense coordinator to kind of stay their own course. And at the end of the day, they just go, okay, I'm going to call my game plan. I'm going to make sure that both of these are the right calls, and I'm going to go forward with it. You look at some of the names that are being, you know, kind of thrown out there, like Q Freeze, and you look at names like Billy Napier, they're offensive minds. So even if they do go join the program, who's to say that they're going to hire an offense coordinator? Why would they? They're in the SEC, and you're looking at how these teams are producing at a high level. You need to have this offense, and the only way that you're guaranteed to either take full responsibility or at least save your butt is if you call the plays, and you don't trust money people with your playbook, because it's your playbook. I think a defensive-minded guy such as Elko would make a ton of sense, but you also have to look at the past history of names. They've gone offense coordinator with Steve Spurrier to defense coordinator with Will Muschamp Which direction do they go? Or do they look more towards maybe a special teams coordinator? Or they go the Sam Pittman route and go with an offensive line coach, you know, like a Harry Heimstead. Or they go with a defensive backs coach, like a Chris Richard, who used to coach for the Dallas Cowboys. They just get a position coach in there and go, you're going to run the team. You're going to let your offense coordinator do his thing. You're going to let your defense coordinator do his thing. And we're going to get back to winning football games. It's what Arkansas did. And yeah, they have four losses on the year. They also have three wins on the year. And they are the biggest surprise team in the SEC, hands down. I mean, there were people saying Arkansas was going to finish 0-10. That this was going to be a one-and-done year. And then they got to go out and get a new head coach and a you know more innovative mind or promote Barry Odom or something like that. No. Pittman was the right call. I think we've all agreed Pittman was the right call. And Mike Elko could be the right call. Because I think Mike Elko understands, I'm in charge of this unit, but I always love input. And you watch him on the sideline talking to his other position coaches, and it's clear he appreciates and trusts their input. He sees where their input does matter. You want someone like that in a position in a winnable SEC East. When you look at the SEC West... It is a tough job. Jimbo Fisher has one of the toughest jobs in college football. People are calling for Ed Orgeron's head, not just because of the allegations off the field, but because of the production on it. And last year, he won them a national championship. He had Joe Brady and he had Joe Burrow, but he will be the coach that won the national championship. Ed Orgeron. And people less than a year later are saying, you have to fire him, go get Joe Brady back. Will it work? Maybe. I don't know. What I do know is the SEC East, Kentucky can play positive football. I think Florida is playing great football. I absolutely think Georgia is always a contender. But so can South Carolina. They're a good program that produces first-round talent year in and year out. They had a first-round defensive end, defensive tackle last year in Javon Kinlaw. They're going to have a first-round cornerback this year in Jace Horn. They had two wide receivers that were studs. They had a first-round tight end the year before in Hayden Hurst. This is a program that can turn teams around with actual talent. On top of all that, this is a program that does produce first-round talent. And they may be sec two or three stars when they come into the building. But when they leave, they're going to have a shot to go to the NFL. Go get a guy who can recruit. Go get a guy who can... Add some talent. Go get a guy who can be just kind of middle ground. Mike Oko's kind of that. There's nothing really that special, which actually might be a positive. Sometimes the under-the-radar guys are the actual good hires because no one knows what to expect. It's like when you get a diamond-in-the-rough six-round draft pick who comes out of nowhere and makes an immediate impact. Nobody we knew who he was. Guess what? He was the guy who everyone slept on and now is commanding respect, week in and week out. Elko should and could be that guy in South Carolina. You know what else is under the radar? Not having a moment to chill. And sometimes it just means that your device or your head is always on, and you always need those moments to kind of relax a little bit. That's why I recommend when you go have a moment to unwind, grab a beer that's literally made to chill, and that's cores Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time and an excuse to drink a beer. With minimal college football teams playing right now, Coors Light wants you to know that there are still plenty of outlets where you can watch your favorite sports and relax and enjoy a beer. With their beer that's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden Colorado, those blue mountains on the side will tell you that your beer is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit your reset button. Reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivery straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Guys, if you didn't know, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. In case you didn't know, Bill Bar has over 12 flavors, including coconut almond, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, and banana nut bread. But if you include the six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, this is certainly a bar that you are going to love. That's because the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chill. They're great for the health conscious guy because they help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. I cannot put down the caramel brownie uh, protein bar right now. And it's because they have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. I don't find a product like this anywhere else on the shelves. And when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Whatever you need to get through your day, start it off right with a delicious treat to meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas a Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts running your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast Locked on Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day. Every single day is a locked on podcast day here at lockedonpodcast.com. Here's the thing, guys I feel like Mike Elko's time in College Station is going to come to a close sooner rather than later. Now, for the right opportunity, of course. You will stay behind, but that usually means that you're going to get paid a bucket load of money, and it's really hard to match his already pretty prestigious salary in the SEC. And ultimately, I think the end goal for any coach, whether you want to admit it or not, is you want to become a head coach and lead your own program. Some are better at being coordinators. That's just a given. Some also are better at more than likely staying in a commanding role, Even if you struggle and you help build your team into a powerhouse program with the next young up-and-coming head coach or the next young up-and-coming offensive or defense coordinator. That's just what you are. I think it'd be very weird to see a guy like Jimbo Fisher go back to being an offense coordinator somewhere. I just don't see it happening. I see him retiring. I feel like a guy like Muschamp, who was fired by South Carolina is one who definitely could be in the running to be a defense coordinator for a year or two if it means he'll get another shot to be a head coach somewhere else. This is a guy who's had two head coaching jobs in the SEC already and there is a shot that maybe one day down the road he can get three. He was the uh, he was the head coach of Florida from 2011 to 2014. He spent one year as the DC in Auburn before South Carolina gave him a shot to become the head coach. He's two and three in bowl games. He's uh 55-51 and all-time as a head coach. So he does have a winning record. I look at this and what you see in the SEC, and there maybe isn't a lot of opportunity, but what I do believe is a rehabilitation, something that we've seen from different, multiple different coaches. I feel like Butch Jones, being at Alabama, will eventually get another head coaching job. Never as big as Tennessee, but a head coaching job for sure. I think Steve Sarkisian, what he's been through, I think he's going to get a head coaching job soon. Lane Kiffin, he rehabilitated with Nick Saban. Saban got him back on track. became the head coach of Florida Atlantic. Now he's coaching at Ole Miss. What if instead of just doing the Tuscaloosa time, you go to the College Station chat? And this was what Jimbo Fisher had to say about talking to Muschamp over the weekend about him losing his job.
1: We had a little contact and, and I reached out. Listen, I, I think the world listen, this guy is a class guy. He's as good a guy as there is. He's a hell of a football coach. I've known that, and, and he's a very good football coach. He's done it. He, you know, he had some tough times this year, but they've, they've done some really good things there. I hate to see it. Uh, you know, y- you don't ever know what goes in those decisions and what happens. and. You know, that's kind of the world we're in right now. But unfortunately, I know this. He's a heck of a guy, a tremendous guy, what you want, and, and as good a guy as there is in this business and, and a very good football coach. And he'll land on his feet, that's for sure. But very disappointed to see that. But, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of things. But, uh, you know, just hope he, best for him and his family. I don't know if that's, if that's something he's interested. In, I, I listen. I, I think I think the world of Will as a football coach, and, and if he's ever a part of this, have a chance to be a part of this organization, I would definitely embrace that. That's for sure because I think I think he does a great job. But now those decisions Will and his family got to make him what he wants to do.
0: So it's not a no, it's just not a yes. Here's why I think it's not a no, because if I do believe if Elko is offered a position, and there are going to be positions available this year, I'm not sure he's going to get offered South Carolina. But I do believe that there are a few teams who South Carolina is looking at their head coach. When their head coach leaves for Columbia, I think that Elko is going to be offered at least an opportunity to interview with the team. One of the schools last year that people were saying Elko could go to was Boston College. It ended up going to office coordinator at Ohio State, Jeff Healy, but he did go up and he did talk to the program. So I do wonder if you look at all the openings that are going to happen via firing via coaches leaving to go to different programs, whatever it is, I think that there is an opportunity for Elko to have a shot. I don't think Will Muschamp will ever come to college station to be an analyst. I just don't see that happening. I don't see him doing the Charlie Strong or the Butch Jones pathway. I think that when you look at his history of what he's done in his career, he's been a defense coordinator at Auburn. He's been a defense coordinator at LSU. He's been a defense coordinator in the NFL, I mean, he's been an assistant head coach in the NFL. He's been a defense coordinator at Auburn again. He's been one at Texas. He helped Texas get to the national title game when he was the DC. I mean, he's done all that. He's not going to go drop down. He's going to either improve and go up, or he's just going to either call it a year and maybe go into being an analyst in the studio for SEC Network or ACC Network for that matter. That's what I see him doing. So if Elko leaves, it leaves an opening. And I do think that having a chance to be a defensive coordinator in an SEC program with loads of young talent. I mean, this is this is a molding unit. Muschamp could mold it in his eyes and get things rolling. And I don't think that Muschamp will ever be a head coach in the SEC again. I don't. I, I look at how he's done in the SEC He's had two opportunities in the SEC East to make an impact. He's done very little. The only team that I could see offering him a spot would be Vanderbilt. And I think Vanderbilt, after having the Derek Mason era, is going to go offensive mind. He would be a good fit in College Station. And you look at the talent that you have that has yet to even touch the field. I mean, we're talking about Antonio Antonio Doyle, Antonio Johnson. We're talking about guys who have yet to even see it. Edron like Cooper. Danell Harris, Fadil Diggs. These are players that in a year are going to get to have a chance to develop. This was the upcoming draft class that I thought Elko did a fantastic job for and to once again help Fisher finish in the top uh, 10 in recruiting. Back-to-back years. Shows I can be a good recruiter and that's exactly what Will Muschamp is. So if you lose a recruiter... You need a recruiter. This is where I believe he fits. Muschamp has, I think, two options right now. I think he could go to Alabama and be the defense coordinator because I think Pete Golding is going to be gone, 100%. Or if Elko leaves, he could become the defense coordinator in College Station. He's worked with both Saban and he's worked with Fisher. And if Elko were to lead the program, this would make a ton of sense for the Aggies to bring him in for a visit. That's just my personal opinion of it. Who will be, though, the South Carolina coach? You know, with AM not having a big week right now, there's not much to discuss, and I have stuff planned for the rest of the week. Let's just spend the last kind of couple minutes talking about who I would go with at South Carolina and what I would think because of, again, some people may not like that I don't only talk about AM, but this is a game that is played every year, and this is a rivalry between an SEC East school and an SEC West school. It's not going away. This is always the one SEC East and SEC West game. So, who does AM want to see? I think that if you are an A&M fan, you want to know who you're facing year in and year out. Because again, since Jimbo Fisher's gotten there, he's won. Since the Aggies have joined the SEC, they've lost twice to South Carolina. You want to continue the winning streak. Who would be a team that could knock AM off their path? Who would be a young gun that I think could come in? Let's discuss that in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson here talking offense, Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, South Carolina has an opening. Who are some names that definitely are going to be in the running for the South Carolina head coaching job? Let's start with an easy one. First name that comes to mind. Everyone would probably think of it. Brett Venables. Defense coordinator at Clemson. This is a guy who you look at his resume. He's coached the last six years as the, um, seven years as the the defense coordinator for the likes of the Clemson Tigers. He's coached in six national championship games. He's won three. He was named the top assistant coach in 2016. He's had a top 10 defense in the last five years straight, four years straight. And he's had a top four of the last five years. That's it. Um, and he's had a score record with 54 sacks in 2018. It's more so does he want the job? Everyone knows that there was an opportunity for him to potentially take over at his alma mater at Kansas State. You know, you had Bill Snyder retire, everything was set. It was time like he had, had been he had been one of the top names for a while to become a head coach, and he turned it down. Said, no, nope, I'm good at Clemson. Good in South Carolina. I want to stay here. I want to keep here with Dabo. And then one with Chris Kleinman, who Chris Kleiman, 100%, by the way, Chris Kleiman 100% deserves to be an FBS coach for what he did during his time at North Dakota State. Will he do that again? At some point, you, you keep asking this question. Venables, to me, is the Josh McDaniels of college football. Yeah, there definitely is a reason why he's not being a head coach, but what is it? Is it because of his attitude? Is it because of he doesn't you know, want the responsibilities? Is it because of the extra work? What is it? And the ultimate factor is, I honestly think he's just waiting for Clemson. Dabble eventually, I think, will get Alabama if he wants it. I think Dabble will be the very first phone call that they will make to Alabama when Nick Saban retires. So why wait and go anywhere when you can just stay and eventually become the head coach at the school that's already been kind of a big name? That's my opinion of it. That's why I think that he has not touched the job. The other name to watch for, Hugh Freeze. This would be the hire that I think a lot of people are putting down on. And according to sportsbook.com, he's at second most odds to get the job. He's right behind Billy Napier, a former Alabama assistant under the likes of Saban, another Saban disciple, who has done a fantastic job at Louisiana Lafayette this past year. He's also a Saban assistant, which eventually I do believe Nick Saban's assistants will be taking over the SEC altogether. So, I mean, why not? This is just something that I think could happen. Uh, But Hugh Freeze and what he's done at Liberty in the past two years, after what happened to him at Ole Miss, this is the hire that I think most people will bring it to. Mainly because of he's an offensive mind, he's worked around the SEC, he's scouted the area, he knows exactly what you know, what is in, and people are already saying that he should be the hire. Now, who would be the hire if I had an opportunity to hire someone? You are going to be very surprised when I say this name, but this would be who I would hire if I was part of the SEC hiring committee. I'd go small name. And I would go with a guy who's proven himself time and time again at the lower level. Let's see what he's got at the big game level. I would go Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina had to make the jump from the FCS to the FBS. And even though his record for the Chanticleers is 15 and 16 overall, every year that program has gotten better. They've also been ranked for the first time in program history. They are in the top 15. They're sitting at 7-0. and they are not looking like they are going to lose a game this year. The Chanticleers was one stop on Jamie's path. He spent four years at Charleston Southern, which is part of the Big South Conference, which uh, which was uh, one of the schools that goes to the FCS playoffs every year. He lost a grand total of 14 games in four years there. 35-14. He went to the playoffs twice. In two years, he finished with records above Double digits. He's a guy who you have no idea what to expect. And with what Eli Drinkwitz brings to Missouri. Appalachian State office coordinator kind of becomes the head coach when Scott Satterfield goes to Louisville. Takes over. He's beaten a top 25 team this past year. Jamie Chadwell has beaten a top 25 team this past year. He is a good coach. He is apparently loved by his players. And he's right up the road. So you don't have to go that far to get him. He knows South Carolina. Charleston Southern is in Charleston, South Carolina. Columbia is in South Carolina. And the Chanticleers play at Coastal Carolina University, which is in Conway, South Carolina. He has been in the state for over the past seven years. He's also worked at Delta State And I believe Delta State, if I'm not mistaken, is in Mississippi. And then before that, he was in North Greenville. Which, North Greenville, guess where that is? It's in South Carolina. This is a South Carolina, board and bread guy. And you're not always going to win the big time recruits. So you have to win your state. While we look at all these Big time players coming in to Clemson and going to Alabama. Beat them in your hometown. Beat them in your state. You do that, you do a good job. This is why I think Jamie Chadwell would be an immediate hire and an upgrade in South Carolina. Plus, under the radar coaches, something about them. I'm telling you, if it's not Mike Elko, Jamie Chadwell would be my pick to face off against the Aggies year in and year out. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here on LOP. Follow us on iTunes, on Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and also at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we're going to do an Ask an Aggies Day. There's really not much to talk about. Let's look ahead. Let's talk about the Aggies going into 2020 with the basketball season coming up and what to expect for the remaining four games of the year. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, big and yell. This has been Lot on Agnes, presented by the Lot on Podcast
1: Network.